welcome to the Stubborn Tortoise Podcast. I'm Donna Pazdera. So today's episode is about reuniting with some, I shouldn't say old friends, but some good friends um, in an out-of-town location. So let's just get into it. Saturday, which is yesterday, as I record this on Sunday, it was a really special day for me because, first of all, I got to run my favorite race of the year, which is the Wild Hare, uh, a Tejas Trails race held at a ranch called Bluff Creek Ranch. Um, it's got mountain biking and uh, mountain biking trails, I mean, but you can run on them. And it's outside of LaGrange. Second, and most importantly, I got to see a handful of my favorite friends from the Rio Grande Valley where I lived for 13 years. And it was there that I became a runner and finally discovered the wonder that is trail running. And I made some of my closest friends there. The valley, which borders Mexico, is renowned for having some of the sickest, poorest, and most obese folks in the country. But it also has a thriving, active community. When I first moved there from Florida in 2004, there might be the odd 5K here or there, but then within four or five years, it seemed like there were races every weekend and sometimes multiple events to choose from. Also, I jealously protect the Valley's reputation. Most people don't get that this is an oasis on the border. It's not your typical border town. Um, you don't pass through there, and rather you have to go there as a destination. And... <laughs> I groan whenever there's like some national event and the media descend on McAllen or Brownsville and they show the worst parts. Like they're judging how, or they're just sort of judging people on how they live. And not everyone is obese or sick or poor. But of course, that does make better footage. <clears throat> and as an ex-journalist, it disappoints me. Uh, the La Plaza Mall in McAllen, which boasts 1.2 million square feet of retail, is so busy that the parking lot looks like Black Friday every weekend. And the patrons hail from northern Mexico as well as the locals. And the McAllen and Harlingen marathons are Boston qualifiers. I could go on, but forget your preconceptions about this place that I called home for a long while. And anyway getting back to things. A bunch of my friends, they drove five plus hours on Friday to run Saturday's race. And I think that's also something kind of remarkable about the folks from the RGV because they're willing to drive long distances just to rep the flatlands down south. Me, I've done this race every year since 2012. And as I've mentioned before, I DNF the 25k my first time there. Um, I ran it and I was hypothermic from camping in near freezing temperatures the night before. And since then, I've done every distance from 10K to 50 miles and finished. I just love the vibe of this event because it's small and you get to run through a horse barn as you finish each loop. And on Saturday, the temperatures were in the 30s, but I stoically wore shorts and layered my torso with a tank and thin long sleeve technical shirt. And as I stood in line to pick up my bib, I got talking to people. And this guy in front of me, Sean, he turned around and asked, Are you Donna? Uh, yeah. I listen to your podcast all the time, and I love it. <laughs> that pretty much made my day. He lives in Houston and said he found it after I posted a link on the Tejas Trails Facebook page. And he said he doesn't do long distances, um, which I replied, yet. Uh, but he said his wife was so proud of him for doing a 10K, as he's, all, he's pretty new to all of this. Um, but nonetheless, I predict a 25K in his future. I also uh, saw my friend Alex, who was doing uh, his 
only annual trail race. Um, we hugged and wished each other luck. And I more or less, this is the interesting thing is, is that I kind of more or less talked him into this race because um, he was asking about it. And I'm like, oh my God, you got to come. It's my favorite race. <laughs> and I was really glad to see him give it a go. And anyway, he's pretty fast. <laughs> and I'd only had about 10 minutes before the race started uh, to get myself ready so I quickly looped the timing chip around my ankle and fumbled to pin the bib on my shorts and then I jogged over to the barn where the crowd was forming and as is my ritual I check all of the stalls to see if there's a horse in one of them but there were none I know it's kind of a dorky habit that I have but as an animal person I really enjoy occasionally seeing a horse in there and then I spotted my friend Ugo he was bundled up as he walked through the barn we hugged um and you know gave greetings to each other <laughs> it's kind of funny because we're on different ends of the political spectrum but I respect his opinion and we agree to disagree and I, I told him I'd just seen his wife Sandra uh, just a couple of minutes before and then not long after I saw Gabe one of my favorite people and these are all my valley friends he teaches elementary phys ed and is one of the most hilarious people I know and he was there with Mary his wife and we all wished, wished each other well and then I took my spot toward the back. My hands were super cold from the cold water inside my handheld bottle as I made my way through the first part of the course. Finally, everything warmed up by the first mile, but it was also around that time that I heard someone coming up from behind, and so I stepped off the trail and my foot caught a root. <laughs> I went down, I bloodied my knee, and a guy named Daryl grabbed my arm and helped me up. And I wasn't particularly happy to have fallen so early in the race and hoped I wouldn't have any command performances. Uh, I managed to stay upright for the rest of the race, but I did have one close call. But again, that was stepping off the trail to let somebody else pass. I'm not really sure what that's about. And around the second mile, I noticed a woman heavily bundled up on the trail side. She looked familiar. Luli? Donna! Lily is another of my valley friends. To look at her, you wouldn't think she's a trail runner because she's got these long manicured nails and covets designer handbags and wears designer running gear. But she's a tough cookie, and she even camped with Gabe and company the night before. And we're about the same pace, so we hung together. And this was her first time doing the wild hair, so I played tour guide. And we ran, hiked our way through the first loop and vowed to stay together. Well, I got ahead of her as I finished the first loop and hung around the finish waiting for her. And it was taking quite a while for her to come in and I was starting to contemplate going back out and just going slow. And then finally she came through and she explained that she'd stop by the tent to remove some of her layers. I was just worried that you weren't gonna that you were gonna take off without me. Nah. I pretty much gave up on being super competitive and figured hanging with a friend would probably be more fun. And it was. So we finished the first loop in a little over two hours, and I was hoping to finish the race within four hours, but realistically understood that it would be four and change. So then I set two goals. Okay, we're going to come in under five hours, I announced. And this was fairly achievable because on this course, yeah, I mean, it's not that technical or anything. And my best time uh, for the 25K was 326 on this course. And I knew that wasn't going to happen, so I adjusted. And second, I announced, we are going to finish before that woman. I pointed to a person who had been behind us during the first loop. It was nothing personal, but sometimes it's fun to pick a person and use them as sort of a goal of sorts. Goals set, we took off. 
and I led. I'm, gl- I'm so glad I'm running with you because you're pushing me, she told me. And before long, we were leapfrogging each other, taking turns as the leader. And at one point, about two and a half miles from the finish, I heard footsteps behind me. Instinctively, I stepped off the trail. And then I saw the lady. How did she sneak up on us? And I couldn't very well just jump back in front of her, so I sucked up my pride and let her pass. And then a few minutes later, Luli, who'd been up leading, she stepped off the trail, turned and saw her and glared at me. I'll tell you in a few minutes, I told her. (laughs) We eventually moved past the lady, and then Luli hightailed it on some of the flats. I chased her as best I could. Come on, Donna, don't let that lady get ahead of us. (laughs) I gunned it and ran about as fast as I could, And we were only about a mile and a half from the finish, so then I pulled ahead and led. And as we passed the campground, I heard Gabe yell, Woo, Donna, come hang with us when you're finished. Okay, of course. And then a few minutes later, I heard them yell to Luli. She was behind, but I just kept going. And then somehow, I came out of the clearing and ran up a hill toward what I thought was the finish. And then a woman shouted that I should have gone straight. I was so embarrassed because I've done like a ridiculous number of loops on this particular course and this is the first time I've ever missed the final part. I have no idea what's going on there. And then Luli materialized behind me and we hightailed it through the barn finishing at 424. Not my best time but I was glad to have had the company and then we've high-fived and headed toward our camp toward the campgrounds and joined the others. I stayed for about an hour laughing like I haven't laughed in a while and caught up with everybody. And I think the camaraderie is what makes trail runners a bit different from road runners. Yeah, I mean, sure, you can make friends with road runners, but there's something special about the bonds between people who run in the woods together. And yeah, that that's uh, that's for sure. I mean, I just, I really, this is what I love about trail runners. I mean, you know, normally, if, I mean, maybe some people might try to help, help you up if you fell at a road race, but like this guy, Daryl, you know, just kind of pick me up like no big deal and and you know people always are asking are you okay you know and and they're encouraging each other as they pass and so I think that just is what makes that you know the trails very special to me and just as a PS this is kind of funny about this was about five months ago I went down to the valley and I did a race called Pancho Villa's Revenge and this is on this, uh, it's probably my favorite place to run in the valley. It's this kind of nondescript stretch of road with a decent bump of elevation um, that is known as Pancho Villa. And the name comes from a now defunct convenience store that was at the route start and it featured <laughs> a huge portrait of, guess who, Pancho Villa. And the start is at a nondescript roadside off of US 83, just east of Rio Grande City, and at a road called Loma Blanca. There aren't signs, so you have to look for the fireworks stand, five for one, (laughs) and a Mexican restaurant whose name escapes me. And the neighborhood reminds me of the outskirts of Havana, that is Cuba, with elaborate metal fences outside the concrete block homes, and friendly scrawny dogs roam near the start hoping for either an adventure or a snack. The route is a challenging five mile out and five mile back along a rutted road that turns to sand or rocks. And there are occasionally heavy duty pickup trucks that travel alongside the runners, but usually it's a pretty traffic free zone. And Basilio Mendoza, high school running coach who also coaches adults, introduced most of us to Pancho Villa uh, over the years. And earlier in the year, he decided to make a race out there. 
and I was just really excited to go back out there. And the event was held on June 15th with waves starting at 6 and 6.30 a.m. And as one of the slow pokes, <laughs> I got there for the 6 a.m. wave. And I got to the site around 5.20 a.m. And it was hard finding friends in the dark, but with the light of my headlamp, I managed to spot a few buddies. And there was this familiar-looking female dog, a shepherd mix. And she lingered around the start, and I remembered her from my past visits there, and she let me pet her. And then as Mendoza counted down to the start, I started my playlist filled with alternative country and punk. And I knew the humidity would be killer, and it was. Mercifully, the 6 a.m. temps weren't too bad, but it didn't entirely kill me. But then within two miles, my shorts were sodden. So my strategy was to hike the hills and run the flats, which, of course, is a pretty wise strategy. And the, eleva bleh, the elevation gain for 10 miles is 278 feet. And the maximum elevation is 316 feet, which is papitas for me. My runs in San Antonio started 800 feet and gained from there. Nonetheless, the humidity was what factored into this equation. So when I hit the turnaround at mile five, I noticed a small gray dog hanging around the runners and she would run with us excitedly. And <laughs> this is so cute. And, oh, it was a boy dog, sorry. He let me pet him and he ran with me and my friends, Luli again and Cindy. I found out yesterday that Luli is terrified of dogs. So she was probably not real happy with me for encouraging this dog to hang out with us, but whatever. But then around the seven mile mark, a white transport vehicle slowed. The passenger door opened and a person scooped up the pup. And I later saw her, saw him, sorry, at the start. And somehow I found that to be such a compassionate gesture. It was really cute. And I, I will admit, I did not run the entire 10 miles. I never have. But then I felt like I was giving it my best effort. And usually I can knock out 10 miles in two hours and change. And that's pretty much what I did. Um, then about two miles from the finish, my friend Orly was snapping photos and was cracking me up and making me try to run for his camera. Luli and Cindy tagged behind me. And so I got a little competitive and wanted to come in ahead of them. And I spied Luli out of the corner of my eye about uh, 25, uh, I mean, a quarter of a mile from the end. Sorry, my gosh. And then I ran as hard as I could, but she passed me by a couple of seconds. Tag on it, Luli. <laughs> Still, I was really happy to finish about 20 minutes faster than my prediction. So, yeah, so me and Luli have a little bit of a thing with um, kind of, friendly competition toward the end and uh, I think she kind of likes to you know come off as this oh I'm not very fast and whatnot kind of person and then all of a sudden when she really wants to like you know crank up the engines she can do it and uh, I give her a lot of credit for that and um, and here again I just I was just really really glad to see some friends this weekend and just have a great experience all around and my goodness the guy who recognize me from the podcast that just that still really surprised me so anyway and again I'm going to just plug this again um if you're listening to this um and you have clicked on this uh, through Facebook go to the anchor fm page and you'll see the icons for various um uh, platforms such as Spotify Google and Apple podcasts and some other places and just click on that link 
And it'll take you to that and you can subscribe to this podcast because looks like things are starting to pick up a little bit. So I'm really excited. And I'm, the feedback I've been getting is just really incredibly positive and sort of unexpected. Um, I just can't imagine people being excited to listen to me talking to my phone sitting in a closet <laughs> with my clothes around me as a buffer. <laughs> but yeah, I know. It's kind of like I just, um, I know I've said this before, but it's kind of like Toto pulling the curtain back, you know, when Oz is speaking. <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, that's that's pretty much all I've got for this week. Uh, don't have any races coming up for a few more weeks and still planning to run the Bandera 50k in January and um, I've got one race called the Circus uh, in a few weeks and then I'm doing uh, a relay with the Snowdrop in Houston or outside of Houston uh, over New Year's and yeah I'm hoping I can stay you know healthy and train enough um, which seems to be a problem lately. Um, I think some of it also is just because I, I'm teaching these um, indoor cycling classes called Sprint and that takes up quite a bit of energy for me. I mean, even though they're 30 minutes, but they're a hit class, you know, high intensity interval training. I, uh, yeah, I just, it's like some days my legs are toast and I just really don't want to run, um, or get myself injured. So, ugh. but I am going to give it a go and we will see what happens. So until next time, I'll see you then.